2: Welcome to Paranormal Pets, this is Brandi Stark, your host, and today we have Adrienne Johnson with us as our guest, and she originated the Paranormal Sightings web blog in conjunction with the Kalamazoo Gazette in in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Monthly, she sends out topics to paranormalists across the state and the nation, and each paranormalist actually responds to the blog question and they're actually featured on her blog site. She's worked with three paranormal groups in the past and she's currently a member of Southern Michigan Paranormals. On this episode of Paranormal Pets though, she's going to talk about how seeing her dead pet's ghost changed her feelings about fear concerning ghosts and the paranormal. And I think that's a fascinating topic and and something quite different. So we're going to get started with this right after a few words from our sponsors.
1: Now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors! Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot.
3: Don't run away.
0: Only on petliferadio.com. Let's talk pets on petliferadio.com.
1: Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host.
2: And welcome back to Paranormal Pets Radio. Our guest today is Adrienne Johnson, a Michigan ghost investigator who manages the Paranormal Sightings web blog. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Hey, we're we're moving on that caffeine. It's a good sign. <laughs> Well, this is actually quite interesting because I don't often get the opportunity to speak with paranormalists you know, outside of the state of Florida. I mean, you know the southeast, we talk, you know Georgia and that sort of thing. but uh, you're up there in Michigan, so I'm kind of looking forward to this, and you do have a unique perspective, uh, particularly since uh, you had mentioned how a pet actually changed your perceptions to the extent of, of how you felt and dealt with the paranormal. So let me just ask you, how did you become interested in the paranormal?
4: Well, to be honest, I was always interested in the paranormal. I, To this day, I still can't watch scary movies. They, they, they scare the heck out of me. But any true life stories that showed up on TV, I loved hearing about them. Except that they scared me. <laughs> I could watch them. I'm like scary movies, but they scared me. And, you know, it just runs in my family. You know, my grandpa used to see ghosts. My, my dad's interested in the paranormal. And it was just, I was always interested, but I was scared I couldn't stop watching it but it scared me Things.
2: actually that's really that is so fascinating because I tried to explain to people I started reading about the paranormal when I was 11 which was like a bazillion years ago and it was the same thing I would read about it and then I would be paranoid I'd be petrified I would be awake at night trying to go to sleep and so afraid that I'd be seeing a ghost <laughs> that I couldn't yeah. sleep same way with me same way with me Oh, excellent. Well, see, at least I'm not, well, either we're both crazy or I'm not crazy and you're not crazy. One way or the other, that works out. And actually, I'm very similar to you. I cannot watch scary movies. Uh, I can watch B-rated sci-fi movies that are so cheesy. You know, they actually have a genre for that and i can't handle the dark investigations that they show on tv because then i just you know even though i'm far over the age of 18 now you know it keeps me up at night so <laughs> i got to teach these students the next day so that is really interesting and then i know that we've kind of talked uh via email off well, i should say off list that sounds strange but not on the radio and uh you had mentioned that how did you actively get involved with with the paranormal uh, and paranormal investigation. So you were interested in it, and then?
4: I was interested in it, and then, um, you know, the paranormal TV shows came out, specifically in the early years, Ghost Hunters, and I'd watch it, and I'd be scared. But then (laughs) I started sitting down thinking about it, and I would put myself in their their place. I was like, well, how would I react? And I started Mm -hmm. thinking about it. I was like, you know, maybe I can actually do this. So I kind of looked up to see if there's any uh, groups in my area and happened to find one that was just starting and was allowed in. And first investigation, I was, again, really scared before we went into it and got into it. And being in the moment, it's not scary. It's exciting.
2: Exactly. Or boring, depending.
4: <laughs> well, okay, exactly. <laughs> You've you got to love who you're working with because you're going to spend a lot of downtown with
2: them. <laughs> you're exactly right. And I try to explain that because as I've, I've been doing this, as I said, 13 years, and I've had a team for 10. And the first three years, I did it by myself. And that's, I guess, where I got acclimated. You know, it, it, I understood by the time I had a team. But I can tell you that you are absolutely right. You better have some trust and friendship built up in these teams because you will be sitting there <laughs> for a long time. And then you have to have the gumption to actually go back and watch hours of video of a door or of a room or, you know, it's great. <laughs> so very good. Well, see, so far, I'm telling you, you might be my Michigan counterpart. That's great. And you did watch Ghost Hunters. And I know, as I said, we've talked a little bit about that. We we definitely have differing points of view and that's okay. The interest has always been there. I just got into it. Uh, I was kind of semi, I had to do research and then I got into it. And I had, boy, this is back in the day when we had gopher accounts, okay? That's, that's pretty sad. And uh, pre-email. And I had, <laughs> I have found some folks from the 60s and 70s who were longtime paranormalists and they kind of mentored me through. And I remember being crushed continuously because uh, they would do things like, well, no, that's really not a paranormal image. That's a double exposure, and I'd be, you know, I'd be so sure, you know. So it it was kind of interesting. So when the the TV shows came out, uh, it was a little bit harder for me. Now the the good thing is that they do at least uh, move ghost investigation from the fringe into into mainstream society to a certain extent. Because I know when I first started out, I was continuously asked, "Are you an occultist?" And fortunately, I teach religion, and so I would say, "Okay." this is the definition of an occultist. This is what I do. And so, no, I'm, I'm not. But, you know, the TV shows have always had kind of a, yeah, an interesting view from my side, but I'm delighted that that's kind of an interesting way to do it, to actually put yourself into the investigations through the show and, and think your way through them. That's really unique. But, you mentioned that you, you had this strong fear of the paranormal and that your your investigation helped but you had also mentioned something along the lines of your first ghost experiences which is uh, kind of why you're on the show. So what was your first definite paranormal experience?
4: It was a ghost of a former pet. Her, her name was Pharaoh, and she was around before I was even born. And she died when I was probably nine or ten. So I was, you know, really attached to her. As mm-hmm. was my whole family, she was my mom's baby. And she's buried in the backyard of my parents' house. And every spring when my mom's doing the uh, spring gardening, she'll go up there and she'll talk to her. And you know, I'll say, hi, Pharaoh. how are you doing, sweetie? And, and it seems every spring when I used to live in my parents' house, things started going strange. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my... One of Pharaoh's favorite things to do was to scratch her back on the lampshade, which, of course, now, would make it spin.
2: Before we go too much further, what kind of pet was she?
4: Oh, she was a cat. Did I not say that? That's
2: okay. <laughs> do I, I just, just in case you had a monkey or something. But so I you know. had a pet cat that died, uh, yeah. was buried in the backyard, and uh, and being a cat, she's doing cat things, which include,
4: mm-hmm. go ahead, scratching her back along the lampshade, and which would make it spin. Mm-hmm. Every spring, after my mom would be in the backyard, the lampshade would just, you know randomly spin and of course this is after Pharaoh died and we would look at it and kind of think well where's the draft I don't see, I don't feel any draft mm-hmm. and we just kind of discarded it because it was just a spinning lampshade it wasn't anything mm-hmm. well then I started seeing her it would be out of the corner, corner of my eye type thing mm-hmm. and we do at this point we did have another cat you know a you know, big cat he, his name is Angel he was black like Pharaoh was and and I'll be like, oh, well, there's Angel. And no, it's not Angel. I'm seeing things. One day when this all came to a head, um, I was sitting on my bed doing my homework. And I see what I think is Angel come in to jump on my bed, which he always did because he was, you know, he's a cat. Pay attention to me. Don't do your homework. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I was like waiting for him to jump up so I can push him down. He never did. So, you know, I know I saw him come in here. Right. So I got up and he's sound asleep in the room next door. Like I do one of those okay moments? And right, right. Kind of push that out of my mind. I was Like, I just, oh, Pharaoh. <laughs> I, I just didn't want to think about it, though, because I was the only one I'd seen her, so I thought. Mm-hmm. That night, we're sitting in the living room. My, my mom and my dad are in the chairs. I'm on the couch. and My mom looks down, and she's like, I could have just in was coming to jump in my lap. And I said, no, he's sleeping in, in the uh, computer room. Mm-hmm. And My dad goes, you know, I couldn't afford myself sell Pharaoh earlier, and suddenly it all came out. We'd all been seeing Pharaoh everywhere.
2: Oh, so the whole family did.
4: Yeah, so the whole family did. It was just I'm insane until we started talking about it.
2: Now that's really unusual. I've I have heard from people. One person sees the pet, or at different times. I actually have one couple where the wife would see her her little departed dog, and one one or two times now her husband's seen him. But how many people were in your family?
4: Uh, there's four. Uh, at that time, my sister wasn't living at home though; she was in college. I think okay. she's seen her once or twice, but this day there was three of us there. Wow. And that's, okay. That same day, it was the only day that we've all seen her in the same day, and it was that first day of spring where my mom was out in the backyard talking to her
2: to her grave. Now that is unusual. That is that's pretty much the first time I've actually heard of kind of uh, everybody seeing. You know, Everybody in the family actually seeing the pet, and really more than two people seeing. That cat had to have quite a bit of personality to really <laughs> manifest. All right, so everybody had seen her, and, and what was the reaction?
4: It was kind of relief that, okay, I'm not the only one. I'm not the <laughs> only
2: I get that a lot, too, and uh, and I'm sure you do with paranormal investigations where people will say, oh, thank God, you know, somebody else has seen this entity. I'm not crazy. And, in fact, last night we were doing an investigation, and there's most of the phenomena around a a young man. And so we actually had an EVP session with him present, and we allowed him to ask some questions. And one of his questions was, you know, why is it that you're doing this and making everybody think I'm crazy? You know, because this entity interacts more with him than anybody else. So had your family discussed pet death or pet afterlife?
4: Go ahead. <laughs> not particularly. I mean, we were always told that we'd see our animals in heaven, you know, it was just what you tell your little kids so they're not so upset when, when their pet just died. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, we never really discussed whether or not there was ghosts. It's just she's gone, she's gone, you know.
2: So, what was the consensus when you all discussed seeing the cat? What did you all end up thinking?
4: Well, Sarah was with us for a long time. She was, I believe, 16 when she died. Well, we kind of figured that she was more comfortable with us. So, she was going to stick around and say hi to us. But again, it really only happened in, in spring when um, my mom would talk to her grave. So, wow. we we're like, well, she's just coming back to say hi.
2: Excellent. Wow. that's That really is very interesting. And... How did this alter your view of Ghosts and the Paranormal? I mean, that, that was you were fairly young at the time, so that really had to be kind of a, a life-changing event. How did it affect you?
4: Well, I mean, up until that moment, spirits to me were scary. You saw them on TV, even true life stories. It was They were telling the stories because they were frightening the family. Mm-hmm. So to me, spirits were frightening. But here I have was this gentle cat that was just coming to say hi. So I started, started to make me think, Well. Oh, maybe all spirits aren't scary. Maybe they're just coming back to say hi. Maybe they're just coming back to, you know, soothe somebody's, um, uh, what am I trying to say? Soothe somebody's despair over their death.
2: Sure, that's good.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And so it made me think, you know, if a spirit cat can be just this gentle spirit, so maybe human spirits can be gentle. I mean, without a doubt, there are frightening human spirits. Yes. And those are the ones that TV... yeah. I mean, the stories are on TV because they're frightening. You don't – Castle of Friendly Ghost is a movie, and it's a friendly spirit, but you're not going to have it in real life. You're not going to tell the friendly spirit story
2: because – Yeah. It is true. I mean, I don't know about you, but you know, would you would you rather you know, I've seen the Casper the Ghost movies because they, they run them sometimes and I work on art late at night and those I can watch. But they're I hate to say it, they're kinda of boring. You know, Casper's yeah. kind of a, an annoying little ghost, quite frankly. He's awfully cute and sweet and I keep thinking, Oh, I don't know any children who are like that you know, much less, you know, a ghost. They can be very nice, don't get me wrong. It's just he's a little over the top. So you're right, you know, there is that that perception and I i wonder if we're still showing that perception even today america's most haunted and things like that where uh, you're you're really seeing the darker entities i remember seeing episodes where there was a, a ghost of a child that allegedly continuously scratched the husband of a family and you know in temper tantrums and things like that and i know you know that was one of those things that made me kind of step back and say whoa should i be doing paranormal investigation knock on wood i have not encountered a scratching ghost yet i've had one person pushed once and i've seen people have their hair pulled and and t- shirts pulled and somebody had hair plucked but that's not scratching so I'm biting but that's an excellent point so when you actually had your own encounter it was one of those things that you said you know what there are good ghosts that's excellent that's a very good point
4: yeah and so you know I started taking the paranormal more of a, a grain of salt you know they're showing <laughs> me the the scary stuff so what else is out there and as you know I said earlier I didn't even realize there was paranormal investigating until I saw the paranormal investigation shows Mm -hmm. and which is what made me think oh I didn't I didn't have that thought that well you know how do I test this how do I go and and find this out it was just wow I didn't think about it
2: excellent well you've already brought up you know, a whole bunch of interesting points with, with her own experience. And that's part of the reason why I really enjoy doing the show. And I think that's why Paranormal Sightings is so valuable because uh, everybody does have a slightly different story to tell. And each story kind of adds to the to the whole, but just absolutely a very interesting experience. And I do love the fact that this cat, I just bet she had a, a you know, larger than life personality to to be able to manifest like that. What we're going to do actually at this point is uh, we are going to pause for a few words from our sponsors. And then when we get back, we're going to talk about your opinion of animals in the paranormal field and any paranormal ghost stories that you have experienced. So if that sounds good to you, we're going to pause
1: and we will be right back. Now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say, Bigfoot. Don't run away.
0: Give your dog some thought. With Dog Thoughts, it's the iPhone application that everyone's talking about. What do you think of this? A man in Davis, California says he invented an application for the iPhone. It claims it can read your dog's mind. Huh? No, it's true. No, I read about it on my cat's Twitter page. That's I read. Jay Leno talked about it. CBS reported on it, and now you can see what all the buzz is about. Created just for dog lovers, Dog Thoughts makes taking photos of your furry best friend more fun. Shake your dog and read his mind uh-huh. on your iPhone, of course.
4: Talk pets.
0: Let's talk pets on Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLiferadio.com.
1: Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host.
2: Welcome back to Paranormal Pets Radio, and our guest is Adrienne Johnson, and she has just made all sorts of wonderful points this morning on her own paranormal experience and how her cat, her deceased cat, came back to her and uh, let her know that not all spirits are negative or evil entities like uh, haunting in Connecticut. <laughs> there are some some friendly ones out there, and that they come by and, and really kind of want to to help us. They want to help us feel better or they're responding to the kindness that we give to them. I find it interesting that your your mother's spring ritual was to speak to the cat's grave. I mean, it just kind of shows that the family was probably as bonded to the cat as the cat was to you. And that that's a good sign of a good pet owner right there. Now, what is your opinion of taking animals into the paranormal field? Part of the reason why I ask this is that I've I've got Odyssey, who is a 14-year-old, what I call the paranormal pug, and I have taken him on a few investigations. They amount to basically 5% of all the investigations I've ever done, or a little bit under 5%, and I have some pretty strict rules and regulations. He never goes to a place that doesn't allow pets. He never goes to a place that I have not investigated uh, with my team and found to be safe. He never goes to a place that's far away from an emergency clinic, just in case, you know, Because with paranormal investigation, you have to know those things for humans anyway, so as well as animals. I never force him into a location. You know, I actually will put him on a leash, and he has to have permission to be there as well. And I will actually follow him, you know, and if there's a place that he doesn't want to go, you know, I make note of that. Odyssey, for the most part, uh, and actually he has two nephews who are Odysseus and Achilles, and they've been uh, on a couple of investigations as Odyssey is advanced in age, and his nephews are now about four. But, you know, I'm very, very careful and very meticulous. I don't take my pets out to any place that's unsafe. You know, humans have the the ability to say, you know, I really don't want to be here. Animals can show you that, but I am certainly not going to force them. But I've actually had people come up to me and say, you know, what you should do is you should get a cat and put it into a cage and put it into a haunted, basically force it into a haunted area and then see what it does. And I keep thinking, I wouldn't do that to a human. <laughs> you know, I, I don't think that's necessarily appropriate. And I, I've actually heard all ranges in between. Some people think it's, you know, these are tools and they're perfectly legitimate. Other people say, you know, no, absolutely not. What is your opinion of taking animals into the paranormal field?
4: To be honest, I hadn't really thought about it that much. Uh, I would say definitely dogs more than cats because, you know, you can put Alicia leash on his dog, not very useful on a cat, and I wouldn't want to, and he said force the cat into a situation that it's not comfortable in.
2: Yeah, I I couldn't believe this person. I, okay. Well, I'll tell you what, buddy, let's put you in the cage first, and we'll see what your reaction is, and then we'll talk about the cat, you know? I can't believe somebody said that. Yeah, yeah actually, he even had this pulley system that, I'm <laughs> thinking, no, nope, <laughs> And and believe it or not, he was actually applying for the team, and, and I know this is shocking, but he did not make it. So Amazing uh, how that happens. Yeah, quite, quite. So I just, I don't know, I didn't know if you had a different perspective on it, you know, if you'd ever tried it, what your view on it overall would be.
4: Well, I mean, anything that can be a useful tool should be used, and if using or having a dog on investigation is helpful. I mean, why not as, you know, as long as it's safe and it's they're allowed to be there, as you said. Mm-hmm. Um, I, You know, with my group, we concentrate more on historical locations, mm-hmm. which, you know, museums, so...
2: Oh, it's a little you know, harder.
4: <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. They seem to be a little yeah.
2: pickier about that sort of thing, yeah.
4: Exactly. <laughs> but, I mean, I'm kind of curious. So, you take note of what the... What area the dog does it want to go in,
2: and then what then? Well, if we find areas, now again, this is usually on what we call a recheck. Uh, We've already investigated the location, so if there's a spot where the animal or Odyssey, who technically is a small, slightly misshapen human because he is a pug, you know, but there's a place where he doesn't want to go, uh, usually we'll make note of that. I stay with Odyssey, and usually we stay right outside the room or the area, and you know, I'm not forcing him in, but... Since I founded the team and I kind of helped to coordinate it, you know, I can't say, oh, sorry, guys, see you later. But they will go in and take readings. We might try an EBP session in there. Uh, Odyssey, for the most part, has been more useful in in showing that entities really are not, either not present or they're not harmful. And actually, uh, the little boys have been just about the same, Odysseus and Achilles, that in fact, you know, in one case, they, they were actually with me in the front, and Odysseus and Achilles are brothers, and they were, you know, clowning around because they're pugs, and they're young, and that's what they do, and all of a sudden, and this I, was just amazing, they both froze, stopped in their tracks, turned in unison, and looked at this one area behind the counter, and they both growled, and this whole thing took place in maybe three seconds. I mean, it was very short-lived. I took pictures of the area, and we, and I'm not a big proponent of orbs, but we actually had this orb that was very large in one picture, small in the next and gone by the third. And it was actually going into the area where they were staring and we actually found out later that the entity that we believe haunts the building, that area used to be his office and the area of the orb and where the pugs were staring is where his desk was and there was a window. And he usually looked out that window. That's kind of how he unwound from the day. And, you know, I thought that was actually pretty useful. I was very proud of them for that. And Odyssey, but for the most part, and and Odyssey's big triumph was um, he actually – started walking through a room. We had walked through it. We were coming back, and I had to stop for some reason, and he would not stop. He just kept moving, and of course, his leash was you know, on the ground. I was not holding the leash, but he made a straight shot straight out the door. Normally, when I call to him, he comes. I mean, he's an older guy, so he behaves, relatively speaking for a pug, uh, and he'll, he'll stop, and he'll wait for me, and to actually see him take a, a straight shot out the door and sit down outside the door I can tell you I did gather up whatever I needed, and I moved right on through too. But when we were doing our discussion, it turns out that that was the area where people were feeling very tense. And these were separate teams. These were separate groupings of people, and we had no interaction at that point. But everybody was kind of pinpointing the same room. And the odd thing is there was nothing when he went through. He had no problems going through. But coming back… He just zipped right on, straight on through, and sat down outside that door. And I just thought that was pretty remarkable. But other than that, for the most part, I've just seen that my pugs like to go out. They like going in the car. They like meeting new people. (laughs) They haven't really encountered anything that makes me go, ooh, you know. But they have been, you know, out of a couple cases, they really have kind of shown a little bit. Now, for you and your team, do you have any famed paranormal animal tales out in your part of the U.S.?
4: Um, Well, there is a cryptozoological, oh, that's a big word, cryptozoological. There you um, go. Yeah, there we go. Uh, <laughs> tale, I guess. And it's the dog man, the dog Ooh. man of Michigan. Okay. And I'm not an expert on this. Our team doesn't really go in. We're pretty much just simply spirits. And, and that's ghosts. okay. But um, <clears throat> my paper actually wrote on this for, for fun one Halloween. So this is all from memory. <laughs> wow. Uh, okay. I guess, so I, I'm not sure about the details that I'm telling here. That's okay. But, but I guess how this all started out was a uh, radio station decided to play an April Fool's prank on their listeners, and one of the guys created this song about the tale of the dog man, or the legend of the, the dog man. Mm-hmm. And um, so they play it, and they're waiting for a reaction, and they start getting calls saying, where did that song come from that exactly explains what happened to me? <laughs> the guys are going, wait, this is a prank. This isn't supposed to be real. Mm-hmm. And there's this – there's supposed to be this animal or, or man out there that walks on on um, two legs. It's mm-hmm. human size, but it's a canine. So it's a dog man. And Wow, kind of like a werewolf? I guess so, except I think werewolves – I'm not really in, in – I don't know that much about werewolf lore, but don't they usually run on fours? I guess – well – Okay, I don't, well, I don't really know. <laughs>
2: okay. <laughs> well, I guess I'm thinking of kind of kinda like uh, maybe uh, the Wolfman type movies yeah. where he's uh, a <laughs> literally half man, half dog, and he's walking around with all that. Believe it or not, the actor was actually wearing singed yak fur <laughs> to, to play the Wolfman, and apparently it stank. <laughs> and he complained that his makeup guy actually burned him, and he said it was intentional. (laughs) So (laughs) he didn't get along well with the makeup guy. Lesson there, if you ever do a movie, get along with your makeup crew. But okay, so kind of that that idea of this upright dog walking on two legs.
4: I guess um, as the legend went, a couple weeks after the song started playing on the radio, they get a call from a sheriff or from a sheriff's department, and the guy's like, you know, we just had this strange thing come up, and... There was, you know, huge, huge paw prints, but there was only two of them. Like somebody was walking on on two legs instead of four, and the pears on the screen were just way too high for a dog to reach. And he kind of was joking about how much it seemed like the song that played on the radio. And it was this, it was the legend becomes real, basically, mm-hmm. as I, I hear. It. And I and I don't know that much about it, but I, I guess the dog man's been sighted down far south of Mississippi. It's been in Wisconsin. Wow.
2: Well yeah. actually it's this one of the first times I've heard about a dogman. I mean I've heard about the one-eyed Angus and uh you know, the famed black dogs that, you know, are supposed to kind of portend either an evil presence or you know, something along those lines, or sometimes they're protective spirits depending. But uh, I have I've actually never heard of the a dogman. That's kind of neat. I know you do spirits and ghosts, but you can always you know, if you ever hear of anything about the dog man, let me know. Be happy to right. to follow up with that. Now, We're we're actually, see, I told you this would go quickly. We're actually moving towards the end of our time. What is your recommendation for people who feel afraid of the paranormal?
4: Step back and really think about it. Not everything is bad. You know, having something there, standing next to you, talking to you is okay, kind of creepy when you can't see it. Mm -hmm. But if it wanted to hurt you, it would hurt you. I have been probably not even a third of what you have been on, but I think I'm probably a good... 25, 30 investigations. Mm-hmm. I've never been harmed. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, p- things have moved around me that, you know, I couldn't see. But nothing's harmed me. Nothing's been thrown at me. I, the worst I got was what we guess was a spirit of a old man that kept, you know, slapping the ladies on. the butt. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, they, they do happen. Yes. But, I mean, it's you You got to step back and think about it. And it's, it's not all that scary. You're right. And, and t- you
2: know i try to advise people and i do the same thing that you do because i get people who are very panicky and i have to say I mean, I hate to say it first off, but I say, you know, if this thing wanted to hurt you, it would have done it by now. So, you know, don't worry about that. It's probably trying to get your attention, and it may be getting frustrated with your response. And I also tell people, and in fact, I just had to give this advice for our investigation on the 26th. But, you know, there's another young man who is seeing these entities, and his mother called and said, well, you know, what do we do? And I had to say, well, you know, he needs to kind of be calm. He needs to speak out loud and say, you know, you need to stop, you know, and he needs, if he feels threatened, he needs to leave the vicinity in a calm manner. Because I've noticed that, you know, people who start running from ghosts and see, as I said, I've done about 400 investigations. I've had a Bible thrown at me once, but that's been about it. And that was because I was asking questions about religion. And that's always controversial. Uh, And this Bible actually was not thrown by anybody in the room. It came off in a horizontal line and landed at my feet. And it was 63 inches because we measured that. And that was great. That was fun. But you know, I'm I'm quite like you. You know, you need to not run away. Running away is how you get hurt. And usually, investigators who get hurt, it's because they they're I hate to say this, but somewhat clumsy. So, you know, I've I've dropped equipment. Uh, you know, I for a time, you know, people actually do kind of watch out for me because I'll be looking at everything that's you know I've I've got this huge display, and they will say things like you know you're going to walk down a staircase. <laughs> you know, you might not want to do that. So you're right. It is to kind of step back and and to think about things. Out of curiosity, since you've got paranormal sightings, uh, do you plan to have a, a topic about pets in the paranormal on yeah, paranormal sightings?
4: I think, and if my calculations are correct, that should be March 2010, which will be a year before we know it. Wow, well, you're right.
2: Well, you're really good. Holy cow. I have to do, I think I think I turned in September. I think I still have to do October's entry. So, <laughs> wow. And and what do you think the response will be?
4: I mean, do you have any guesses? You know, I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to get one from, um, uh, Spirits the same, you for some Yes, very good. But, you know, beyond that, I, I have no idea. You know, some topics I think will be popular, nobody really wants to write about, and, you know, others that I'm not sure if they'll be interested in, everybody writes about. So mm. okay. this could be something that could be really interesting, or it could be we get one entry. <laughs> it's, well, it'll be interesting to see what happens, and, you know, everybody has an opinion <laughs> almost
2: everything in the paranormal field. It will just be whether they want to express it. You are absolutely right. Some of us are just beyond fear of expressing expressing opinions anymore. If you want to know my opinion, I will gladly give it to you. Well, we are about out of time. In fact, we are just at the end here. So All let right. me find out, what is the website for your blog and your team site? Do you want to go ahead and tell our listeners?
4: Yes, uh, for Paranormal Sightings, it's com slash paranormal. So www.mlive.com slash paranormal. Okay, excellent. And, and your team? My team, uh, Southern Michigan Paranormal, it's www.s M.
2: Paranormals.com. And that's with an S at the end of paranormals, right?
4: Correct.
2: Excellent. And is there anything else that you want to tell our listeners?
4: Uh, yeah.
2: You're good that to go? Welcome
4: ahead. Excellent. I'm good to go.
2: Well, thank you well, for listening. It, <laughs> thank you. And for those who are interested, again, we've got our Michigan team now. And if you like to learn a little bit more about ghosts down in Florida, you can check out www.spiritsofst.petersburg.com. And that's spirits of stpetersburg.com and as always I will plug rescue groups in fact I had a wonderful conversation with a paranormalist yesterday I'm actually on call for some of her cases because she may be going she's got some health things and we actually did talk about rescue groups and how wonderful they are so if you are thinking about getting a pet particularly in today's economic times please 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 take a look at rescue groups and uh, I might even endorse trying to get a mature pet unfortunately Those are oftentimes turned in. People don't want to adopt them because they're older, but I can tell you that some of the best pugs that I have ever had have been some of the older guys, and they are just fantastic, and they're always, always grateful for any home they get. The group that I always pug is Pug Rescue of Florida. I volunteer and do PR for them, and they are a great group. We have over 60 pugs right now in foster. We definitely need folks to either foster and or adopt. And if you're interested, please see PugRescueOfFlorida.com. I thank you so much for listening to Paranormal Pets Radio, and we look forward to our next episode. Have a wonderful day.
1: Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected.